0: I am speaking about hope, as Antley said. Good morning. You know, when I think of mothers, one of the things I think about is how hopeful they are. You know, from the time before we're born, they're hoping that we'll be healthy babies. Then once we're born, they're hoping that things go well for us all the time, whatever it is we're doing. And you know, they never stop worrying about us either. Have you noticed that? Even when we're grown, they're still worrying one of my favorite questions is to ask a mom, which one of your kids are you worried the most about? Try that sometime. Almost always, they don't hesitate. They tell me which one and why, right into it. And mothers never stop hoping for the best for their children. Now, some moms do have high standards. I gave a talk recently at um, Christian Healing Ministries. It seemed to go pretty well, and my mom was there. And uh, I didn't. she left, and I didn't see her until a couple days later. I said, so mom, what did you think of the talk? And she said, you know, you have really improved as a public speaker. (laughs) I said, mom, you've said that before. I must have been terrible. She said, you were. (laughs) So I love you, mom. I recently read a study about people in their 80s and 90s. And the point of the study was to figure out what was it that allowed these people to live such long, healthy lives. And the common denominator was hope, something to look forward to. Either they would hope for things like that their grandchildren or great-grandchildren would do something like graduate or look forward to seeing them get married, things like that. Also, many of them were sports fans and had a team that they followed. One person was a Chicago Cubs fan, which is, of course, the Chicago Cubs haven't won the World Series in nearly a century. But you think about it, he can always hope that this is the year that it'll happen. There was a great line from one lady who was 103. They asked, they asked this woman, they said, what's the best thing about being 103 years old? And she paused and she said, no peer pressure. <laughs> you know, it appears that Barack Obama will be the Democratic presidential nominee. And you, you can't have missed it. Two words that he's used constantly throughout his campaign are change and hope. You see, he's really billed himself as the candidate of hope. And people respond to that. People want to follow someone who gives them hope. Now, John McCain, of course, hopes to beat him in the fall in the general election. He's perceived by many as being too old. So his choice of a running mate is a really important decision for him. He is hoping to find someone who is young, who understands the economy, and who knows how to operate a defibrillator. (laughs) But hope is a great thing. Have you ever felt something was just hopeless? What happens when you no longer have any hope? You know, the number one cause of deaths among people under 30 in this country is automobile accidents. Close behind are homicides and suicides. You know, we are by far the richest country in the world with everything going for us, and yet every year, thousands and thousands of young people take their own lives. It's because they, whatever they're into, they have no hope. They lose hope. You know, we've all seen people go through midlife crises, and often it's the man, sometimes it's the woman, and there's various reasons, but really what it comes down to is somebody feels like, their life just isn't turning out the way they'd hoped. They want to make something different, change it. You know, people with addictions often try to break those addictions, and it's tough. It's a struggle. But when it's really dangerous is when they just give up hope, and they just say, I, 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 can't, I can't take it. I, the, the power of this addiction is just too strong, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm just, I can't lick it. I'm just going to give in. And... It, when we lose hope, we are in despair and we'll sometimes do desperate things. Having hope makes all the difference. All right, we're going to do a little media clip. Steve, you ready? Watch this clip from Shawshank Redemption. This is a classic movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to. About hope featuring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. nice hey, you, you couldn't play something good, huh? Hank Williams or something? They broke the door down before I could take requests. <laughs> it was it worth it? Two weeks in the hall? Easiest time I ever did. Oh, shit. No such thing as easy time in the hall. That's right. A week in the hall is like a year. Damn straight. I had Mr. Mozart to keep me company. <laughs> so they let you tote that record player down there, huh? He's in here. In, in here. That's the beauty of music. They can't get that from you. Haven't you ever felt that way about music? Well, I played the main harmonica as a younger man. Lost interest in it, though. Didn't make much sense in here. Here's where it makes the most sense. You need it so you don't forget. Forget? Forget that there are... Places in the world that aren't made out of stone, that there's a, there's something inside that they can't get to, that they they can't touch. It's yours. What are you talking about? Hope. Hope. Let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Drive a man insane. It's got no use on the inside. We better get used to that idea. Like Brooks did. Dear Red, if you're reading this, you've gotten out. And if you've come this far, maybe you're willing to come a little further. You remember the name of the town, don't you? Say what to I could use a good man to help me get my project on wheels. I'll keep an eye out for you, and the chessboard ready. Remember, Red, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. I will be hoping that this letter finds you. And finds you well. Your friend, Andy. Busy living or get busy dying. For the second time in my life, I'm guilty of committing a crime. A role violation. Of course, I doubt they'll toss up any roadblocks for that. Not for an old crook like me. Fort Hancock, Texas, please. I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still a whole of thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. powerful, isn't it? Get busy living or get busy dying. So here's my question. As Christians, should we be more hopeful than those who don't believe in God? Does believing in God allow us to have bigger hopes or really believe that our hopes will come true? Well, as you'd guess, I think the answer is yes, absolutely to all these questions, and I'll try to convince you. Just as Morgan Freeman became free, we are freed by Christ, and our hope is in Him. It is clear throughout the Bible that hope is a good thing, and God wants us to hope. There are three phrases that occur repeatedly throughout the Old Testament. These are hope in God, hope in the Word, and hope in His steadfast love think about those hope in God that's God himself hope in the word that's what God says hope in his steadfast love that's what God does so God is saying to hope in him listen to Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 this is when the Israelites this is during that stretch when the Israelites are being disobedient they get carried off into exile back and forth they happen to be in Babylon for about 70 years, and a lot of them are giving up hope. You know, things are awful. But through the prophet Jeremiah, God says this, For I know the plans I have for you, plans for wholeness and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. And the big hope, of course, is, is actually this is a precursor to Jesus, that Jesus will come at some point. Now listen to this verse. Sorry. After Jesus came, we had a lot more grace and a lot less of the law. If you heard, remember John Peter several weeks ago gave a great talk on that where he basically said all the laws are rubbish, you know, and he really got carried away at the end. It was great. But um, but many things did change after Jesus came. But one thing that didn't change was the importance of hope. Listen to this verse from the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Now, the first part of this, is, this verse is really good. I've seen it. I saw it on a card Virginia got recently. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And that's, that's great right there. That's a great soundbite. But I think To really answer the question, that uh, these questions that I asked before, we need to look at that whole verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. The best synonym for abound is probably overflow, so that you may overflow with hope. It is believing in God and seeing the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to overflow in hope. Think about the testimonies we hear at this church any given week. People experience inner healings. People experience physical healings. Addictions are broken. Families are reunited. We hear amazing stories all the time. They show the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit testifies to the reality of what Jesus can do in our lives. These testimonies are basically, when you think about it, hopes come true. And the more you see others' hopes come true, and especially when a hope of your own comes true, don't you find that you are more hopeful? Hope is contagious. When you see the Holy Spirit in action, If you're not careful, before long, you're overflowing in hope. Now, will all our hopes come true, and will God answer every one of our prayers exactly the way we want Him to? No, of course not. That's not the way life is. That's more like prosperity theology. And we need to remember that hope is often connected with suffering. The first part of Romans 5 says, we rejoice in hope at the glory of God. Sounds great, but that is very quickly followed in Romans 5 by, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Now, who really wants to sign up for that program? But think about all the great testimonies that, that we've heard here, how excited someone was when Jesus did something in their life, and how great it made you feel. And when you think about that, virtually all the time, there was suffering involved. You know, when you, when you break an addiction, during the time of that addiction, there's, it's rough. You know, when you're reunited with a, your family members, that's great, but the separation, there was suffering. When you were hurt, sick, suffering. Think about how important it is to hope when you are praying for God to heal someone. Can you have complete faith that God will heal someone when you're praying for them? No. You can have faith that God can heal them. We know that. But you can't have faith that God will heal that person. It's a mystery. Sometimes God heals and sometimes He doesn't. But We know the power of the Holy Spirit and the miracles that Jesus can do in our lives. So can we always pray? Can we always hope that God heals that person that we're praying for? Absolutely. Hoping and praying, it's like peanut butter and jelly. They go really well together. And God loves it when we hope in Him and we rely on Him. You know, when we, when we see something happen that's clearly the Holy Spirit and, and it's, it's God working, we're, we're very close to God when we realize that this is something that couldn't have happened without God. God loves that when, we, when we're relying on Him. So it seems pretty clear that God believes that we should hope and believe in those hopes. And as believers, we should be beacons of hope and messengers of hope. When we complain, when we are negative, when we criticize, when we use humor to put people down, all those things help, help bring hope down and tear it apart. Those things just create animosity and resentment. Live your life filled with hope for you and for others, and again, you'll find that hope is contagious tell you a couple of stories about how hope can affect other people. first one is, is happened to me not too long ago. It's a, it's a silly little thing, but I think it, it, was, and it ended up being very interesting. I was uh, late with a FedEx package. It was, I was running to hit the 6 o'clock deadline. And I got there, and they had, they had just picked it up. And it was something I had to get out, and I was really annoyed. And I got in my car, and I turned around wondering where, where I could find a later FedEx box. And I noticed about two blocks down the road on River, Riverside Avenue... There was a FedEx truck going by. Perfect. So I got my car. Well, I had to go through a stop sign, and I barely looked. I just went zipping through the stop sign. I had to stop across this street. There was a woman walking across the street, and I, went, and I nearly hit her. Went, went right by her. Hardly I kind of saw her out of the corner of my eye, but I just went right by her. Zip buyer, caught the truck. He had stopped at an office, a little house that was an office right there, so I was able to give him the package. And as soon as I did that, I was so relieved. But then I had sort of a flashback about the woman. I thought, God, that was terrible. So she was about a block away, and she was, she was in a parking lot that was a doctor's office, so I could whip into the doctor's office parking lot. So I, I said, I'm just going to go tell her. I'm sorry. So uh, I come barreling into the parking lot, again, faster than I should have, and I see this woman who's just petrified. <laughs> She's thinking, he's going to finish the job. <laughs> Here he comes.
1: So I get there. It's
0: my mom. No, not really. <laughs> so I get close. I slow down, and I, and I roll my window down, and I just apologized. I said, I am so sorry. You know, I just, I am, I, you know, I just, here's what happened. You know, forgive me. That was just really stupid. And I just started talking, and you could just see, and then she said something back. She said, that's okay. And then we just, we chatted for a little bit, and you could just see the stress and that just go out of her body and she was relaxed and before you know we were chatting and she was almost apologizing to me for being upset and it and it and I, so again it was just a very nice exchange and I drove off and I felt so good thinking because I wasn't you know I had I'd sort of atoned for my sins at least for that moment but she really you know the, the feeling I got from her was that it was kind of like I'd restored her hope in mankind this guy wasn't such a jerk after all and maybe the rest of the world wasn't so bad. So, you know, like, again, a little thing, but it was interesting, this, the, just the impact I felt like that had on me and on, and on her. Another story, um, Charles Martin is coming out with a new book soon, Where the River Ends. It'll be another hit. You'll have to, you'll have to put that on your summer reading list. The, the main character in this book is a guy who's a very talented portrait artist. And at one point, this guy wants to paint this uh, young, attractive model, and he's started painting her, and she's in his studio. And she looks at it, and she just gets really upset. And here's what she said. She says, people use my image to sell a product. That's all. At the end of the day, they've used me, my face, or figure, which, by the way, I had nothing to do with, to tell everyone else how they are not like me. Hence, you're not beautiful, or you're not pretty, or you don't measure up. Her eyes were glassy. She waved her hand across my studio. If you want to make great art, something that can reach beyond time and space, find someone who isn't and show them that they are. Paint the broken, the unlovely, and make them believe. Isn't that great? See how that gives hope? Especially to the most hopeless. And you know, we've all got secrets we're not proud of. We know how unlovable we can really be. But God knows all our secrets, and he still loves us. That's why he wants us to hope in him, and that's why he sent Jesus. Remember who Jesus spent most of his time with when he was walking around on earth? Lepers, prostitutes, tax collectors. Now, he loved everybody, just like God. But he knew that he needed to spend time with the people who had the hardest time believing that there was hope for them. One more story about hope. And this is something that, that was interesting because it was, again, it was sort of a small thing, but it ended up affecting lots of people. This was a, there was a softball game, a college softball game in, in March between Central Washington and Western Oregon. And it's a very important game with playoff implications. They're two good teams, apparently. And at some point during the game, a Western Oregon Player Sarah Tucholsky hit the first home run she'd ever hit. And she was, I guess she was so confused, she rounded first, missed the base, and uh, turned around to go back and, t- and touch the base, and in so doing, it turned into a disaster. She wrenched her knee really badly, fell down, couldn't get up. One of her players starts to come off from off the field to help her, and the, f- and the coach, the, the first base coach for, for Western. Oregon quickly says, no, no, don't touch her, don't touch her. You see, if your own player touches you, that you're held to a single, and you have to stop there. So here's poor Sarah, literally lying on the ground, trying to get back to first base, and the umpires and the coaches are having a huddle, trying to figure out what to do. They don't know what to do. The first baseman for Central Washington is a girl named Mallory Holtman. Mallory Holtman sticks her head in the huddle and says, excuse me would it be okay if we carried her around and she touched each base? And you get the the feeling it was sort of an aha for them, and they said, yeah, that'd be okay. So the second baseman, a girl named Liz, Liz Wallace, joins Mallory, and Liz and and Mallory pick up Sarah, have her touch first, and then are gingerly carrying her towards second base. Well, being girls, they were trying to figure out which leg was the hurt one, and they all they break into giggles about second base. At this point, everybody in the game, in the in that's watching, spectators, both sides, both all the players are standing up and they're cheering. By the time, again, they they have to be careful because they're they're walking. They're carrying this girl who's got a pretty serious knee injury. By the time they get home, not only is everybody clapping, most people are crying. They were just so touched. You see. Western Oregon won the game 4-2, to two, but nobody who was there will remember that. What they'll remember was the sportsmanship and that, that act of generosity. And, and the, uh, the first baseman, by the way, was, she was kind of cute about it. She said she wasn't trying to be a hero or anything. She happened to be, ironically, the all-time home run leader for the conference. So here's this girl who's hitting her first home run ever, and she said, look, it wasn't like we were trying to get her an extra base. When you hit the ball over the fence, you deserve a home run. So this is something that just showed everybody there, not only good sportsmanship, but how we can elevate ourselves and the hope in mankind that the world can be a better place. Listen to Romans 15, 13 one more time. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I don't know where you are right now, you may have everything going your way and be clicking on all cylinders. Or you may not. You may have lost a loved one recently and really be hurting. Your marriage may be struggling. You may be in, in, caught in some sort of an addiction or a situation that you just can't seem to break hold of. Maybe you've got financial pressures that just seem like, make you lose all hope. But wherever you are, you need to know that in God's eyes, You are special, and you hit a home run. But none of us can make it around the bases without Jesus. Whatever is happening in your life, all of us have a reason to hope, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus can do in us and through us. Hope is a good thing, one of the best of things. And good things never die. Amen.